Well, this is the Wisco Sports Show, broadcasting live at American Family Fields of Phoenix. I'm not sure where my music is, but that's okay. We've we've done a show without an intro before. No show is immune to technical difficulties, especially when we're broadcasting in a place as cool as this one. We're at American Family Fields of Phoenix at Brewer Spring Training, and today is especially cool. I think I mentioned this yesterday and the day before even. There's always something going down on the field, even if the Brewers are playing a road game, or even if they have the day off, there's always something going on down on the field. Yesterday, it was just the grounds crew. The day before, it was a minor league game against some jerseys that I didn't recognize. It's just always cool that there's something related to baseball going on. And this afternoon, we got Brandon Woodruff getting some work in down on the field right now as we speak. He's getting a session. He was scheduled to throw tonight. Uh, The Brewers have a game against the Diamondbacks, but it's been raining all day, and the weather looks like it's going to be nasty again tonight. So they scratched Woodruff, and he's just getting some work down on the field right as the show's going on. And when Woodruff takes the bench, then Freddie Peralta's been out there getting some work in. So just on the background vibes of this show alone and what's going on down on the field when this show's going on, this has been an awesome week. I was in the Brewers Clubhouse for just a couple minutes before the show started as well. So we've been getting some cool intel, getting some cool stories from players. I got some more audio today, including an interview that I'm going to use tomorrow in the NBA lounge. Little teaser. He'll have to hang out until tomorrow uh, and see what we got. I found a, a baseball player that is very fond of the league. Uh, and we talked hoops for a couple of minutes. It was fun. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Again, I'm not 100% sure why the music isn't working. I'll get that figured out. This is a professional sports show. I'm a professional. How hard could it be? I'll get it figured out. So I'm sorry about the clunky intro, but sometimes you just got to push through it. We're going to talk Aaron Rodgers tonight. In fact, we're going to start the show with Aaron Rodgers because that's the story of the day. I was also at the Bucks game last night. They played at the Footprint Center against the Phoenix Suns, and it was a really awesome game. It reminded me a lot of the Kings game the other night. And last night's game, last night's win over the Suns, showed us a couple of the things that we were talking about last night. I, I always talk about the way that the Bucks are wired and the way they go about their business and the personality of the team. I think it's really important. And I gave you a, a couple of different things. Hey, the Bucks do this really well. The Bucks are really good at this. The Bucks really knock this out of the park, right? We saw a bunch of them last night. Again, a, a, another list of examples. So between now and 6 o'clock, we'll get to that as well. If you want to text the show, you can, 608-796-2558. Just give me a call or a text, and I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I'll get the stream yard up and running in about 15 minutes, so if you want to join me to talk Rogers or Bucks or Brewers or whatever, I'm going to tweet that link out. Again, if you've never used StreamYard, it's super simple. Go to my Twitter, at Wisco Grant, click the link. That's it. It'll throw you into a chat room. I will do the rest of the work. I'll click the button to bring you in. I'll unmute you. I'll do all the things that need to be done. It's just one click for you. So if you want to join the show that way, I'll tweet that link out here in 15 minutes or so. So Rogers went on McAfee today, and maybe I'll play clips. Mike Clemens sent me some audio. Probably not, right? If you were that interested in what Rogers said on McAfee today, you watched. At one point, there were over 400,000 people watching the YouTube stream. I think he's on Sirius XM Radio. There's probably other ways to watch and listen, so the... The full audience, the whole audience is probably even much bigger than that. But at one point, I saw 400,000-something watching on YouTube. If I had to make a Rogers-McAfee bingo card this morning when I woke up, I think I would have nailed it. Like, when I rolled out of bed this morning and, and uh, let's say, Ebo was at my bedside or Nelson or, or one of our coworkers, Bill Michaels, big unit. Someone was at my bedside and they said, all right, Grant, we got Aaron Rodgers going on McAfee today. What do you think he's going to say? What do you think he's going to do? And they handed me a legal pad. I think I would have nailed it. We got basically what you'd expect from Aaron Rodgers today. 
Uh, a few bullet points that I think summed it up. Uh, he announced his decision and nothing more. Right. It turns out that he's been decided for about a week now. He is now letting us in on the secret, which is a very Aaron Rodgers thing to do. And then when he was asked by McAfee or A.J. Hawk or, you know, some of the other guys that are on the show about what comes next. Hey, what number are you going to wear for the Jets? Hey, have you reached out to this guy? Have you done this? Rodgers said today was about, you know, making my decision public, announcing my intentions and nothing more. So, again, it's just another chapter. Right. It was this is today. We're not going past today. It was very Aaron Rodgers. He professed his love for Green Bay which I thought was very nice. Uh, I'm glad that things are still nice between him and the Packers and him and the fan base. He said so many times, as he always does, right, so much love, so much affection, so much affinity for that team, for those fans, for that region. I I was glad that he kept shouting out the region. You know, don't forget about Madison and Milwaukee, Lacrosse, Eau Claire. There's so many great Packers towns. Fans come from all over. If you've come from the western side of the state, to a Packer game, you'll see it at gas stations on the way. You'll stop at a quick trip. There'll be Packers fans all headed to the game, right? It's this migration. Uh, so the fact that Rodgers kept saying, well, I love the region. It's just very Aaron Rodgers. It's very funny. He talked about, it's about the people. He went back to that well, criticizing the Packers a little bit, saying it's about the people, right? The team has to treat veterans better. They can't just shove them out the door when they get old. He even shouted out Brett Good did not have that. That's one thing that I would have not been able to predict from today's Pat McAfee. Like, I, I would have missed out on that completely. Did not have Brett Good on my bingo card. That's one that I missed. So we went back to the, it's about the people. Right? talked about that. He refuted reporting from experts and from insiders. It's one of Roger's favorite things to do. Uh, he talked about Schefter sending him a text. He basically told Schefter to lose his number. Just leave me alone. I'm not giving you anything. And then he also uh, was critical of Diana Rossini's reporting as well. But he's like, Diana Rossini, I think that's her name. Smooth. You know exactly who that is, Rogers. Like, again, I'm not throwing shade at Rogers here, but you know who that is. Don't don't pretend you don't know who that is. It reminded me of, uh, if you're really into Game of Thrones, uh, one of my favorite moments between Tyrion and uh, Varys when Varys was talking to Podrick, who was the squire, is that what they call him, for, uh, for Tyrion. And Varys is a spy. He knows everybody. But Varys goes to Podrick. He goes, Podrick, is it? And Tyrion's like, nice touch. You know exactly who he is. You know everyone in the city. It's like, I, Diana Rossini, I think that's her name. Come on, Rogers. You, you know who that is. Don't downplay that. But he was re- refuting reports from insiders and experts. So kind of the Aaron Rodgers bingo card, just about every square, right? Announced his decision, but didn't go any farther into future. Talked about Green Bay, how he loves it. Talked about how the front office needs to be great to the people. It's about the people and, uh, you know, fighting back against fake news. That's every square on the Aaron Rodgers bingo card. Now, I didn't have a strong reaction to this uh, when I watched this morning and throughout the afternoon. I just, I don't know, I didn't have a very strong reaction to it. I was listening to Bill in his 1 o'clock hour. He was on fire. He was really fired up. Although I think that was more directed at some of the callers and some of the comments. I don't know if he was mad at Rogers. I think Bill was frustrated at Rogers. I think then he got angry today when callers started pressing him about this, that, and the other thing. Ebo is tweeting today, our morning show host, Over the Line, with Rowdy and Ben and RJ. He was tweeting rage towards Brian Gudikins today, saying we got to get this guy out of town. He should be fired. Look, other than Rogers and his usual quirkiness, like nothing in that interview should really upset Packers fans. Like, if you, if you are annoyed that Rogers calls his MVPs COVID MVPs, okay, well, I can't help you. If you are 
annoyed that he waxes poetic and talks for minutes on it. Okay, well, I, I can't help you. That's just normal Rodgers. Normal Rodgers stuff. Outside of the normal Rodgers stuff, there really wasn't anything frustrating, nothing upsetting, nothing that Packers fans should get bent out of shape about from that McAfee appearance today. Right? I've seen Packers fans that are a little bit upset that Rodgers complained that the Packers weren't transparent with him. And I get that. Right, That seems to be a, a little bit of a cherry-picked example from Rodgers because I don't know that the Packers knew Rodgers' plan, right? Rodgers complained at one point to McAfee, and, and they were going back and forth. He's like, yeah, I'm a big boy. Just tell me how it is. I, I wish the Packers just would have told me this from the jump. I was like, well, I don't, I don't know if the Packers knew what Rodgers wanted to do from the jump. I think Rodgers made it clear he wanted to get away. He wanted to take some time, and I think the Packers were like, all right, go away. Take some time. We'll plan our future. You plan yours. We'll reconvene. So I don't think the Packers did anything wrong in that. I don't think Aaron Rodgers did anything wrong in that. I think Aaron Rodgers wanted some time. He took some time. The Packers gave him that time. But the Packers weren't just going to sit there with their thumb up their butt. Right? They needed to concoct some sort of game plan. All right, well, we'd like to move off from Rodgers. we got to think about suitors. we got to think about this, that, and the other thing. So both parties, Rodgers and the Packers, took some time after the season, figured it out, and now the rubber's really hitting the road. Nothing wrong there. Nothing wrong there. I don't think the Packers did anything wrong. I don't think Goody did anything wrong. I don't think Aaron Rodgers did anything wrong. Rodgers did say something. I, I saw some angry tweets, including one from Vagavon John. He did say at one point in his interview that this transition and this move is going to be tough for the Packers because he's maybe slash probably the best player in franchise history. I love that he said that. I don't know if he's right. Look, if you think Bart Starr is the greatest Packer in history, whatever, he played 60 years ago. Like, I, I don't know what I can tell you. I don't, I don't know how you have that argument. They played in, in completely different eras on completely different teams. I think Rodgers is better than Favre. Is Rodgers better than Favre? Favre made it to a second Super Bowl. I don't know how much stock we put into that. I'm not looking to litigate today who the best Packer of all time is, but Rodgers' point that he's right there it's tough. It's not easy to just move on off of a player that even might be the best player in franchise history. And Rodgers might be, hands down, the best player in franchise history. Maybe that will become a conversation. I'm hoping we open up the stream yard today, and I'm hoping maybe we have some people hopping in and, and wanting to talk about that. I would, I would get a kick out of that. It would be a complete and total waste of time to argue Bart Starr versus Rodgers, Reggie White versus Farr, but it, it's, that's what makes sports radio great. So if any of you guys want to have that debate, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm totally all about that that Rodgers said today, and if I have one serious criticism of Rodgers, it stems from this. Rodgers says the Packers need to be better with vets. Right? And so remember when he came back in 2021, the summer of angst, came back and he did that long press conference. It's about the people. It's got to be about the people. Right? The place is made of bricks and dollars and, and sheets of paper, but the heart and soul of this team is the people or Something like that. I don't remember exactly what he said. And he cited players like Randall Cobb, who has kind of shown the door, and Jordy Nelson, who has shown the door. He, re he referenced Brett Goode today, which is just hilarious. He's the long snapper. I just think that's funny. Uh, Brian Bulaga, uh, other guys who have maybe been jettisoned earlier rather than later. The Packers typically like to get rid of players a year early rather than a year too late. I sometimes think that's a little reductive. I think there's more nuance to it than that, but... We don't need to get hung up on that. Rodgers today talking about it's about the people. Got to be better to the vets. And Rodgers at one point basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, that if the Packers want to preach family, we're a family. 
right? We're Green Bay Packers. We all carry the G. We're a family. If they want to preach family, then they need to be better with this. And they need to do that. And if the Packers want to preach family, then look, I think the Packers are trying to win football games. And I think they're trying to do what's best for their team, right? And I think when Rodgers says, well, if the Packers want to be a family, the Packers want to win football games. And if moving off of Randall Cobb a year before he's maybe done is the best way to do that, then that's what's going to happen, and that's what the Packers are going to do. The Packers are looking out for their bottom line, and the Packers are trying to win football games. So if I have one serious criticism of Rodgers, it's this. Are you all in on winning a championship? Or at this point in your career at age 39, is it about vibes and camaraderie and love of the game and we're a big happy family and we all carry the G and we go out to dinner in Green Bay? That's my question. That's my one criticism of Rodgers today. He can say he's the best player in franchise history. I I don't care. He very well could be. He can, you know, complain about Adam Schefter and Diana Russini. He he can take pot shots at whoever and whatever. I I don't care. My one serious criticism, and it's not even that serious because he's not even on the Packers anymore, so I don't really care. But my one serious criticism of Rodgers, are you all in on winning championships? Or is it about friendships and camaraderie? and making memories. And I know what some of you are saying. You're saying, Grant! Pull the Colin Cowherd. But Colin! But Grant! Right? How could you say that? He's a competitor. He's a warrior. He's won four MVPs. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I have no doubt that for 60 minutes every Sunday, Aaron Rodgers is as competitive as anyone else on the football field. He's as all-in as anyone else on this planet. Totally. But in April, and May, and in June... And in training camp and in OT, in early mornings and late nights, is is he 150% all in on winning championships? Because Mahomes is, Brady always was, Joe Burrow is, Matt Stafford with the Rams last year. I remember reading stories about him and Cooper Cup would come in at the crack of dawn because they wanted extra work. They needed to microwave that process. They're trying to contend. Matt Stafford just got to town. They they have limited time to build com, you know uh, camaraderie and they have build a connection. So they put in the extra work. I have no doubt that Aaron Rodgers for 60 minutes every Sunday is as competitive as anyone else in the league. I wonder about April and May and June and training camp and OTAs and mornings and nights. I wonder if he's all in. I wonder if he's obsessed with winning another title. Because I I don't really read him that way anymore. It's a lot of talk about family and I have so much love and affinity for this and I'm trying to soak in these moments. And that's all good. But the greatest players, the greatest competitors, are 100% obsessed with winning championships above all else. I don't think Rodgers is that way anymore. Today he's talking about family, and it's about the people. Man, we got swept by Detroit this year. Shut up about Brett Goode. I don't care about Brett Goode. I'm trying to beat the Lions to get into the playoffs. I'm trying to beat San Francisco at home when your defense only gives up, what, six points? Family is great. But family doesn't win championships, man. Camaraderie's great and vibes are good, but those things don't win titles. The best players, the most bought-in competitive players, that's what wins titles. And I think that's what the Packers have focused on over the last decade, so I will go to bat for their front office a little bit. right? They're not always about family. They're about trying to win football games. And I think Rodgers, in his older age, has become very reflective, and he's become very big picture and taking it all in, and that's great, but... 
that might not be the best way to go about things if you're actually trying to win a title. And I think maybe that's what the Packers saw in the last year. It's like, man, this this guy's just kind of – he's sightseeing a little bit. And we don't want our quarterback to be sightseeing. We want him to be insane and obsessed with winning a title. And I think maybe that's a big reason why the Packers became ready to move on is Rodgers become very contemplative, right, very big picture, all about the vibes and soaking in the memory. Forget the memories, man. I want to beat the Lions. Let's get into the playoffs. 608-796-2558 if you want to text or call the show. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. i got to figure out our music because I'll be danged if I do an entire show without any music. I'm going to get the stream yard up and running as well. You can find that link on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. We're broadcasting live at American Family Fields of Phoenix thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. We'll be back in three minutes. We're listening to the Wisco Sports Show live at Brewer Spring Training. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. sports show i got my music figured out wasn't user error no it was nothing i did it couldn't have been my mistake (laughs) this is the wisco sports show casting live from american family fields of phoenix it's day three of being at the ballpark they had clubhouse availability uh starting at i got my times turned around it's two o'clock it started at one so i was able to drop down there for about 45 minutes, talk to a couple of players, and talk to one player who's a big NBA fan. So we might hear that conversation for a special baseball edition of the NBA Lounge tomorrow. I was at Buck Suns last night. I yelled, Giannis, come to the NBA Lounge. He didn't hear me. I didn't actually yell that. And I thought maybe, you know, who, who knows the type of scenario. He'd walk over to the stands and he'd be like, oh, uh, hello, welcome. Thank you for coming to the game in Milwaukee. And I say, yeah, uh, I come from the NBA lounge, and he'd be like, oh, well, what's that? I want, to, I want to come, and it didn't work out that way. Maybe, a, maybe, maybe another time it will. I want to thank our sponsors, Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House, for sending us down here. This has been such a great week so far. It's only going to get better uh, because we're going to hear for some player audio later today, and we got some Aaron Rodgers news, and Buck's Sons was just tremendous last night. So we have a lot to talk about. Started the show with Aaron Rodgers, and if you'd like to join to discuss... Uh, it's really easy to do so. Send me a text, 608-796-2558. I also have the StreamYard link up, at Wisco Grant on Twitter. So if you go find that tweet, I just sent it a couple minutes ago, click it, it'll throw you in a chat room, and I will do the rest. It's super easy. It's one click for you, super, super easy. Uh, and we can chat, and we'll actually be able to see each other, too. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. I got a couple of texts here. I knew this topic was going to get some traction. Aaron Rodgers said earlier today on McAfee, it's going to be hard for the Packers to move off of me because I might be the best player in franchise history. And he might be right. I wasn't really looking to debate whether or not he was tonight, but I knew if I brought it up, people were going to chime in and it was going to become a thing, which I actually kind of love because these are the type of topics, these dumb topics that make sports radio great. Casey in West Salem says, Favre Rodgers are both all-time greats, but their legacies are more about both of their last games. Favre has the team within an eyelash of greatness and throws a gutting pick because that's Brett Favre. Rodgers in a win or go home game against a lesser team is a complete ghost because that's Rodgers. Wow. That's a little harsh. I'm trying to think, what is Brett Favre's legacy right now? Probably depends on who you ask. If you asked a Packer fan who was around for a while pre-Favre, 
right, and saw how just bad the franchise was, and it was mismanaged, and there wasn't a hero, there was never a star, it was, it was just very mid, right, for two decades. And then Favre shows up, and like, I don't think I'm being dramatic when he said, when I say that he, in large part, saved the franchise. He revitalized the franchise. So I think for older Packers fans, that's a really big part of Favre's legacy. For younger Packers fans like me, we saw Favre, but we can't fully grasp what Favre meant. Right, so I watched him, not in the 90s, but I watched the second half of his career, understood why he was great, understood his shortcomings, understood his game. Right, I don't understand what him as a player and as a figure meant to the franchise when he got here. So Favre's legacy is a little different based on who you ask, and now obviously his off-the-field stuff and his trip to the Vikings. Favre's legacy is, is a messy one. I'm hoping Rodgers is not. I'm hoping Rodgers goes to the Jets and everything goes smooth for him, and it's it's a nice story, and it's not some weird, uh, twisted chapter at the end of his book. I, I don't know what it's going to turn out to be. I'm not really looking to debate who the best is in franchise history, but I know Vagabond John is because he was tweeting about it earlier today. What's up, Vagabond John? You there? You got me? How are we doing today? Can you hear me okay? I'm doing great. I uh, I just watched Brandon Woodruff throw a couple simulated innings. Now we got Matt Bush out there. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Is, uh, is my mic coming through? Because yeah. it sounds like you're not coming through. No, I got gotcha. you. You're just a little delayed, okay. but I got you loud and clear. You sound good. Perfect. Billy uh, in my car uh, with the old drum set Hell yeah. on the road. Uh, headed the old uh, Mount Horeb to set up for tomorrow's Ron's Supper Club show at the uh, Driftless Social. So, very exciting week. That's fantastic. I saw you tweeting at me earlier today about how you didn't like Roger. You, what, what was your comment? You said that the best player in franchise history would not say they're the best player in franchise history? Yeah. When it comes to the greatest of all time, and we have this conversation probably a little bit too often That's as fine. sports fans. When we're thinking about Michael Jordan, when we're thinking about Tom Brady, when we're thinking about Tiger Woods, Aaron Rodgers, the way he talks about the game is so different. And I think you kind of nailed it uh, ahead of, you know, the commercial break. Are we talking about family or are we talking about winning? Are we talking about uh, being the best friend of the person working next to you? Yeah. Or are we talking about, you know, kicking butt and actually accomplishing what we're setting out to do? Yeah. And, to me, hearing a guy go, well, I'm the greatest Packer of all time, so I don't know how they're going to get over me. Yeah, you know what? All of us at our jobs are replaceable. All of us will be forgotten in the day-to-day talk. You know, in this industry, it's sports talk, right? Yeah. Guess what? In five years, whether or not Rodgers goes to the Jets or not, we will not be talking about Aaron Rodgers on a daily basis in five years, right? We, time, Father time is undefeated. And for this guy to just sit there and act like, I mean, the, just the way in which he talks about himself, you will not find a professional athlete. Now, this is a challenge. Any other caller, any other radio guy listening, find a professional athlete that uses the word I more frequently in a monologue than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I suppose that's a good point. Look, I, I'm not frustrated with Rodgers that he likes taking care of his guys and he likes looking out for his friends and he likes the camaraderie and the vibes. All those things are really important in a locker room, but you can't put the vibes above the salary cap sheet. You can't put the vibes above the roster and the other things that actually win games. And I I think 
the way I read Rodgers, and I could be wrong, it's just what I hear is, at this point in his career, he's smelling the roses, he's taking it all in, he loves football, he loves being around it. I, I wonder if he's just kind of simply okay with playing and being around his guys, and if we win a lot of games and, and make it to a championship, great, but if not, I'm happy to be here and I'm going to soak it all in. That's kind of how I read it. By the way, if he truly cared about the Green Bay Packers organization and fan base, he would not have such a stick up his butt about the Jordan Love pick, right? And he goes, he'll at the same time say, I understand this is a business. I understand that they have to do what they have to do. And then he'll come back and say, you know, I'm really unhappy that they tried to prepare for the future, even though I've been wavering about retirement every year for the last four years. I mean, this guy talks out of one side of his mouth. Oh, it's all about love. I love everyone. Really, dude? Because you haven't had one solid foundational relationship in your life outside of your job. And that, to me, it just speaks volumes. And I, you don't want to make it a personal attack. But when he comes up there and he just says it's all about the people, you know, the guy who drafted me isn't here anymore. But, you know, my buddy, my best friend, my favorite coach yeah. is out in New York. And, man, he has sucked. Everywhere he's gone, except for when he was with me. (laughs) But I still think he's at the top of his game. And, you know, maybe on the other hand, he's the only coach that Aaron Rodgers can get along with. You know, so he speaks very well. He is a very well-spoken person. He uh, clearly has had, uh, whether it's self-taught or has had help, uh, he's very well-media trained, right? He'll, He'll go up there and say, it's all about the love. Yeah. What are your actions? What has Gutekunst done to you over the last three years? You wanted an extension. Yeah. You got it. You wanted to be a top five uh, paid quarterback. Got you it. got it. You wanted Randall Cobb back. What else has had this administration not done for this guy? He's been the highest paid quarterback in the league or top three highest paid for a decade straight. And now he's feeling hurt by the Packers? Buddy. This is a business. What are we talking about here? Sorry, this is a rant. No, I, and, I, and I'm enjoying the rant. I'm getting a kick out of this. I'm going to bring Daniel and Madison in here. And Vagabond John, we're going to keep talking about these things. I'm going to let you get on the road. Good luck with your gig tomorrow. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, and we'll have to talk NIT before the end of the week as well because Stephen Crowell had almost 40 points last night, and we're just not letting that slide. Even with we're here at Brewers Spring Training and Rogers is making news, Stephen Crowell scoring 36 is not going to go undiscussed. We're not just going to not touch that. I'm with a lot of the things Vagabond John said. I'm very at peace with it. I'm not angry at Rogers today. I'm not upset at anything that he said. But I listen to him talk about the way the Packers treat people and the way they, the way they do this, the way they do that, and, and I want my guys – I like working with people that I like too, right? But we got swept by Detroit, right? Like you, you couldn't put the ball in the end zone against the Lions defense. It was historically bad. We missed the playoffs. I'm about vibes and playing with friends and having a great atmosphere, but that can't come before winning. And it feels like maybe Rogers is smelling the roses a little bit too much in his later years. And maybe that's part of the reason why the Packers are like, we got to, we got to start moving on. I believe this is Daniel and Madison. Daniel, is that you? Daniel and Madison. Hello. Yeah, oh. I'm on the I'm in the car. No, got you loud and clear. What's going on, Daniel? Oh, just you know, um, basking in the Aaron Rodgers is the saga's finally pretty much done. You know, it's getting close. We don't we don't like, or I say we don't have to talk about it anymore because it's done. But obviously, it's going to be this is going to get dragged out, maybe until the draft. I don't know. 
It's going to be a lot uh, of little Mc- things, I think. Just Well, and Rodgers today on McAfee, he was asked, hey, what number are you going to wear with the Jets? What about this? And Rodgers very much, we'll get there when we get there. I, I think Rodgers is very much, right now, this is the news, and we'll make news about that in the future. We'll get there when we get there. And I, that's just kind of how Rodgers operates. I think it just ends up being the only question that I care about now is what do we get back? Um, yeah. Cause like now, now that he said what he said today on McAfee and everything, and, and it, it kind of reiterated what everybody's been saying for two weeks since he came out of the darkness. Um, he's not going to be a Packer anymore. So now we're all Packer fans. Some of us are Rogers fans, right? But we're all Packer fans. We want to know what's next for the Packers. What do we get? Are we getting a first and a conditional? Are we getting two firsts and a second? You know what I mean? Like, what are we getting from this? And I guess the the biggest question of that is, are they also taking the 59 mil? You know? Because if they are, that that puts the Packers in a much, much better situation. I want to pay the money and get the picks. I'm fine with the Packers paying the money, at least for this year. I don't want them to wear it for three years, but... If we can get a, a first or a second round pick instead of a third or a fourth and eat some of the money this year while the Packers kind of get their ducks in a row and kind of pivot and position the franchise into the future, I'm fine with that. I would rather have the better compensation and eat a little bit of the Rodgers money. I, I don't know where his contract stands. This is going to be a weird convoluted trade with conditions and there's going to be money moved around and who knows if there's going to be players involved. So I think that's part of the reason why this is going to take a while. And also the Packers have a small amount of leverage. There's not much leverage in this situation, right? The Jets don't have much leverage. Rodgers doesn't have much leverage unless he wants to retire and miss out on 60 million bucks. The small amount of leverage in this situation resides with the Packers because they can trade Rodgers for what they want to trade him for when they want to trade him. So they can take their time. I don't think it's going to take weeks, but the Packers are probably going to take their time and and really examine every little facet of what this trade could look like. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating. And I've got one little question for you or one little, one little tidbit. Yeah. Um, If they end up doing, uh, if they end up getting a first round pick for 23 here from the Jets, you would have the 13th and the 15th. Do you trade those to move up and take someone uh, franchise altering in like the top five? Or do you keep your 13 and 15 and draft two really solid first rounders? So, Daniel, this is an outstanding question, and it's one that I want to talk about. I'm going to let you go. I know you're in your car. Drive safely. (laughs) Thanks. Have a good one, Daniel. I appreciate you jumping in here. I'm not trading up. No. If I can get two top 15 picks, I'm sticking and picking because you could get an elite wide receiver and an elite edge rusher. Right, you could you could get a one of your favorite tight end prospects and a great defensive lineman or a tackle. I don't really like offensive linemen in, in the upper rounds because the Packers have shown that they can do a really good job later on. So why do it early when you don't have to? I, I and Daniel, I'm assuming that if you're talking about trading up, you're talking about like if the Packers say get the 13th pick and the 15th pick, taking both of those picks and turning them into the sixth pick, the fifth pick. The only way that I would be okay with the Packers doing that is if they want to go get a quarterback which maybe they want to do. I, I don't know. Maybe the Jordan Love stuff has been a smokescreen. Right? Maybe they're saying, well, we love Jordan Love. And behind closed doors are like, we don't. We, we really don't love Jordan Love, but we got to make other teams think that we do. I don't know. If all of a sudden the Packers find themselves with two f- top 15 picks and there's a prospect they really like, okay. You know, Daniel, if you talk to smart football people and our friend Eric Eager of Sumer Sports comes to mind, he was at Pro Football Focus, 
a lot of smarter football people who break down the data of the draft and the hits and the misses will tell you it's not really worth it to trade up for any player that's not a quarterback. Right now, the, the Packers traded up for Christian Watson. That appears to have worked out, right? Maybe an elite wide receiver, that's worth a trade up because the, the hit rate on elite wide receivers, at least in the modern NFL, seems to be pretty good. But there isn't a lot of difference between the 13th pick and the 7th pick or the 20th pick and the 25th pick. So unless you're jumping up to get a quarterback that could potentially change the course of your franchise and the money of your franchise on that rookie deal for years to come, it's not worth it. Stick and pick and keep more picks rather than packaging them together. If the Packers could get that pick from the Jets, and I don't think they can, you stick and pick. You take a player at 13, you take a player at 15, you get your favorite wide receiver and your favorite edge rusher. That's, that's what I want to do. All right, Hector in Alaska jumped in the stream yard really quickly. Hector, I, player, first of all, you got to turn your radio down. Hector, I, I have a couple of minutes. No, you're good. So we just got to be efficient. What's yeah. going on today, Hector? It's nice to see your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I actually was leaving my very last thought. So I'll figure it out, celebrate the end of my day by talking to you, wonderful people. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. I want to start off by saying, Mark, you believe this call to ever call show uh, so just get that out of uh, um, Hector we, we gotta try we gotta try this I again when you get some better service a- we gotta get we gotta try that your service stinks so if you're if you're going to a place where there's some better service I'll leave you in here let's take a break and if you're driving somewhere that's not in the hills or not out in the in the sticks We'll try again. i got to take a five-minute break, and we'll be back. I promise, Hector, I'll try to get you in. We're at Brewer Spring Training. We're at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Players are having a catch, playing catch down on the field. We just watched Matt Bush and Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff, and we're here in such a cool spot with cool access to the team, thanks to our friends Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. Please support those places because they're giving this week uh, or the show an awesome time this week, so check them out. Both places in Lacrosse. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll come back and maybe try Hector again. Casey tweets in. He says, Jesus, Hector, drop the auto-tune. Yeah, connection was bad, so maybe we'll try again with Hector coming up. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show live at Brewer Spring Training. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. Oh, I must be in the front row. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, broadcasting live at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Thanks to our sponsors, Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. If you listen in WKT or in Lacrosse, rather, on WK2I, please go support those places. They're very kind to help out the show and send us out here this week. And if you listen somewhere else, maybe in Madison, maybe in Eau Claire, well, you got to visit Lacrosse. You got to go sometime. It's a beautiful time of year, spring. Go see the bluffs, go see the river, take it all in, go out downtown. And while you're there, please stop and support the places that support the show, Flipside and the Beer House. Beer House is corner 3rd and Pearl downtown, Flipside on the north side by Lacrosse. But I'm not I'm not giving you detailed directions. Look it up. Right? We're all we're all techie. We can figure it out. It's, it's not hard. Hector in Alaska has emerged from uh, whatever coolie he was in, whatever deep thicket, whatever uh, thick woods. Well, actually, now he's gone. I take it back. <laughs> I talked to him over the break, and he sounded crystal clear. Hector, your voice before uh, before when we tried to bring you in, you sounded like T-Pain, man. You sounded auto-tuned. You did not sound crystal clear. So you must have cut out. I don't know if your phone died 
or, or maybe you drove back into the deep woods somewhere south of lacrosse delivering packages one of our many uh callers and interactors uh who drives for either fedex we haven't heard from fedex fred this week fred's an old school man it must be he's a phone guy he doesn't want to mess with Streamyard. if you want to jump in the chat room you can uh just go to my twitter at wisco grant click the link it's one click hector is back hey hector do we sound okay i think i got you yeah i hear you can you hear me i can hear you crystal clear you sound so much better what's going on fantastic um so yeah i was one of the hundreds of thousands listening to the mcafee today yeah um i didn't i also didn't have any issues with what he said except for one thing i was confused by the fact that he said he went into the darkness 90 percent ready to retire and it seemed like when he came back out and realized that the Packers were gonna maybe lean towards moving on from him then he was like oh yeah I could definitely play more for the Jets (laughs) and if that's the case then he's a little more spiteful than I thought no kidding and uh and and maybe maybe uh I don't have as high hopes for him to go on and continue to be successful kind of a thing but like i don't wish bad on the guy but like if you're that petty um then come on like 90 percent is pretty big it's not like he was a 50 50 and leaning one way or the other and like kind of a thing so i was really confused by that um as far as like the whole comp like them waiting for compensation and stuff i have a feeling they at least want that 13th overall pick but I feel at this point with no leverage on their side that what what's the worst the Jets can like the Jets can just kind of pull the rug out from under them and sh- just drop Rodgers back onto them kind of a thing. So I, I feel like I don't they've know gone that they about can. it silly. I don't know that they can because I don't know that Jets management and ownership. But And by the way, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, they've been there a while and they haven't really won anything. Like, they don't have a lot of cachet. They don't have... A, I'm not saying they're on the hot seat, but if we were to list right. all of the, the franchises by job security, I don't know that the Jets would be near the top, right? Rodgers has said he wants to come there. You got his OC. You got Al Lazard. The Packers have said they want to move him. You got to make this happen. So I, I don't right. think the Jets do have an, uh, the option to punt on this. I don't think it's going to take that first round pick maybe a second maybe a third it depends on who eats the money obviously the retirement thing is interesting Hector because that's not a way that I looked at it he was almost ready to retire until he came out and then he realized the Packers were going to trade him it's like well screw you if you're going to trade me I'll go somewhere else fine like if I was going to go out I was going to go out on my terms it is very it is very weird and interesting I remember weeks ago Hector I I said Man, if, if there was one guy to leave sixty million on the table and retire, it would be Rogers. So I right. would be I would be a little bit of a hypocrite to now turn around and say he he was never gonna retire. Because I, right. I kinda think that it maybe was an option. I just feel like when you look at it as a whole, the whole thing on both sides has been rather silly. Like the Jets have no guarantee that Rogers was gonna go there, but they signed Alan Lazard to a pretty decent contract. Uh, that was a little bit odd. I also um have been I've been beating this drum for a couple weeks now since the whole Jets for sure kind of thing started with them pulling Lazard in they don't have room for all of those wide receivers so I kind of have a feeling Elijah Moore will end up in Green Bay as part of the package because he's been clamoring be dope. to get out of New York he's unhappy anyways like, and his role's right. not going to expand now that Lazard is there and if Cobb that will 
Rodgers is going to want to probably throw to the, those guys anyways, and Garrett oh, yeah. Wilson, so they might as well give us Elijah Moore. I agree. Yeah. Good for everyone. Yeah. Hurts nobody, just like Joe exactly. Biden said. Yeah, and that's all I really had. So I'll just end it with uh, I'd like to be known as the greatest caller in uh, sports, uh, Wisco sports history, and uh, and that's that's kind of debatable, but not really. I appreciate you, Hector. I'm glad we got connected. Have a good night, man. Yeah, you have a good one. What what was the language Rogers used? Did he say I might be the best player in franchise history? I should have what I should have done. I should have leaned into that comment tonight and we should have dedicated an hour to talking about who the best Packer is and just mentioning it. Like it's the type of thing that you can mention on sports talk radio and people will go nuts. Mike from Chippewa Falls says for his era, Don Hudson was the greatest Packer. I think you can make an argument for Don Hudson. I think you make an argument for star or Favre or Rogers Favre. You need to get a little, you need to get, I'm not creative, but you need to bring in uh, the circumstances, like the circumstances of Favre coming to green Bay it's not that he saved the Packers, but he definitely changed the franchise forever. And you need to talk to fans that understood what the franchise was like before Favre. Uh, this text says Favre saved the Packers franchise like Giannis saved the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good comparison. So if there was another player like Giannis to come along in, you know, 15 years, if the if the if the Bucks were to go back to back and, and get super lucky with franchise players. Somebody like Giannis, who's really great and, and you know, wins an MVP and, and we're comparing players. Well, Giannis was the pioneer. Giannis was the one who put Milwaukee on the map. And Favre did a lot of it. Like, Favre was the same way. So if you argue for Favre, that's a big part of your argument. You could maybe argue for us. Greg, I got a tweet from Reggie for Reggie White not that long ago. So, yeah, I look, I don't know. I think it was funny that Rogers said that he might be the best player in Packers history. A little LeBron-ish when he said 2016, that was the one that made me the best ever. Like, I don't know. These guys are these guys are great at what they do. They've always been great, and they feel it. They know it, of course. Be around athletes. They know how great they are. They hear about it all the time. Are you kidding me? Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back and wrap up hour number one of the Wisco Sports Show. We're broadcasting live at American Family Fields of Phoenix, thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you hanging out. Broadcasting live, American Family Fields of Phoenix. I feel very lucky the last couple of days because normally when I broadcast, we're in the studio, right? And I got my computer monitors, and maybe if there's like a sporting event going on, I'll put it on on my laptop, have it off to the side. Maybe Badgers basketball, they have an early start or something. Last three days, I've just had baseball going on in front of me. Seems like tonight's Brewer game may be in limbo with the weather. So Brandon Woodruff and Matt Bush were scheduled to get work. They just threw a little session within the last hour. Freddie Peralta was out there as well. Hobie Milner maybe on the docket for tonight as well. So we'll see actually what happens. They're supposed to play the Diamondbacks. I think 7, 7.30 local time. So 9, 9.30 Wisconsin time. I'm so far past knowing what time it is. This week has been a whirlwind. Daylight savings, time change. It's a whole thing. I'm sounding very much like a small town loser right now. I have to stop it. Thanks again to Flipside Pub and Grill. Lacrosse Beer House for sending us down here. And I keep saying this, and I'm going to say it all week long. If you're a lacrosse listener, you listen on WKTY, make it a point to stop in there soon, before baseball season starts. Go in there and, and thank them for supporting the show and support them. 
Flipside has an awesome happy hour Tuesday through Friday. It's killer. It's three to six. Basically, everything's cheap. So if you like drinking beer, they got it. If you like drinking liquor or wine, they got a deal on basically everything for happy hour. Fish fries great on Friday night. It's also a great spot on the weekend if you want a bloody or you want to go get breakfast. Flipside's great. Lacrosse Beer House is right downtown. It's right in the middle of the thing. Third and Pearl. You can go in there. I like getting a big mug of Hefeweizen. I don't know what Hefeweizen is. I don't know what it means. But it's always what I get. I like their fish as well. I get a lot of fish fries this time of year. So please go support those places. And if you're up from out of town, Lacrosse, Eau Claire, we'll come visit sometime. Happy to have you. Lacrosse is a lovely place to visit. We'll talk a little bit more about Aaron Rodgers on the other side. I do want to talk about Buck Suns because that game was a blast last night. I was there. Uh, Joel from Arizona Baseball Tours set me up. I went with a fun group, some people who listened to the show even. So that was pretty cool. And saw Drew Holiday put the clamps on. Devin Booker, fun to see in person. Saw Giannis. He didn't even play that smooth of a game. Looked kind of clunky. He had to work real hard. Took a lot of contact, shot a lot of free throws, and he finished the game with, what, 36, 12, and 8? I don't remember exactly what he ended up with. Fun game. Joe Ingles talking some smack to Chris Paul as well. So we'll talk about that game coming up, too. I did get some Brewers audio. Maybe we'll get there. If you want to join me to talk Rodgers, we've heard from Hector. Daniel and Madison hopped in here. Vagabond John. Join the stream yard. I tweeted out the link, at Wisco Grant. It's super easy. I promise. Go to my Twitter, find the tweet, click the link. That's it. It's just one click. I'll throw you in there. I'll bring the volume up. I'll do it all. Sorry for the phone not being here this week, being joined the StreamYard. 608-796-2558 if you want to text the show. StreamYard if you want to talk voice-to-voice. Hour 2 of the Wisco Sports Show coming up. American Family Fields of Phoenix next. We're back in two minutes. some good pieces and, and when it comes together I think we got a really good ball club we were fortunate enough to go four years there in a row and then you miss it by a game one year and it just it doesn't feel right this is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports Packers Brewers Badgers Bucks the Wisco Sports Show is on the air now here's your host Grant Bills. Just perusing Twitter here during commercial breaks. The Aaron Rodgers Jets photoshops are all so bad. Just don't do them. Just, if, if the option is to tweet a photoshop that's so bad it's embarrassing or to not tweet a photoshop at all, just don't tweet a photoshop. Like I saw a link from 670 The Score, Parkins and Spiegel, who are on in the afternoon. And they had a tweet that says, Bears fans everywhere rejoicing as Aaron Rodgers waves goodbye to the Packers. Watch the full segment here. And then the graphic is a picture of Rodgers in a Packers jersey. And then there's this red arrow pointing to a Photoshop of him in a Jets jersey. And it's just, it's just so bad. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. I have yet to see a, a good Rodgers Jets Photoshop. So maybe let's just, let's just stop. We'll keep it in the drafts. Keep those in the drafts. I'm not a graphic designer. I don't pretend to be. Uh, I'm pretending to be a baseball reporter this week. That's been a fun mission, but I, I'm not going to pretend to be a graphic designer. So I'm going to leave the photoshops to the pros. And it, it turns out that the pros are also very bad at them. I'm getting a kick out of all these tweets. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an outstanding day. Uh, some cool background entertainment while the show's been going on this afternoon. Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, and Matt Bush were all supposed to pitch tonight. 
the game is in limbo because of the weather. It's been kind of raining all day here. So tonight it's Hobie Milner and Gus Varland, who I actually talked to just a little bit ago. So we might hear a little bit from Gus Varland. He's from the Twin Cities, uh, went to Scholastica, and played in the Northwoods League. So a lot of connections. I was just talking about Copeland Park selfishly. I was like, well, I, I go to a lot of loggers games. I, I very much make it about me when I talk to Brewers players. I like, I like the personal anecdotes. I like personal conversation. So we were chopping it up a little bit about the Northwoods League and his time with the Brewers so far. So if there is a game tonight, he's going to get some action. So let's hear that conversation coming up a little bit later. We've been talking a lot of Aaron Rodgers, of course. That's the story of the day. If you want to join me, I tweeted out the link to our StreamYard chat room because we don't have the phones. It's the one thing I didn't bring. I got two laptops here. I got a little broadcasting box with a bunch of cables. I got an extra monitor. I got a lot of things. I did not bring a phone. So I apologize. We'll get back to our our regularly scheduled programming with Dave from Monona and Eric on I-90 and Mike from Chippewa Falls and Mike from Eau Claire. Uh, we'll get back to those guys next week. Unless all of a sudden Eric from I-90 makes a Twitter. Go to my Twitter, at Wisco Grant. The link is right there. It's literally one click. It'll throw you in a chat room. I'll turn you up. I'll do all the work. It's just one click. Uh, the text line still works just fine as well. The Aaron Rodgers McAfee hit gave us some interesting tidbits to discuss, including who the best Packer ever is. Because Rodgers today said, I might be the best Packer ever. Might be. Uh, which I mentioned, and then, of course, the text line lit up. Reggie White, Don Hudson, Brett Favre. Brett Favre and Rodgers are interesting comparisons. Star is just in his own category. Like, if you want to debate Bart Starr, okay, he played 60 years ago. I- I'm not going to push back. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to fight you on that one. Aaron Rodgers also... I'm not going to say went viral today. The whole interview is viral. There were like 400,000 people watching at one point when I was watching on the YouTube stream earlier today. But I guess he told Adam Schefter to basically kick rocks because Adam Schefter got a hold of his text or his phone number, his text line. I sound like the oldest person ever. I'm going to play you the audio from this. It's pretty funny. So Adam Schefter telling the story of his attempt to contact Aaron Rodgers. I think this is... Uh, it's not NFL Live. It's a Sports Center special, I guess is what it's called. I'm reading the graphics. So I'm going to play you this audio. This is Schefter. Now, again, what happened was the day and the timing of my text to him, uh, which Diana actually encouraged me to do. We sat right here. <laughs> I said, why don't we bring you Aaron in on the conversation? No, no, I hate, no, no, why are we no, talking no. about someone who, who may want to voice this? Well, what, no, what happened was Trey Wingo said, done deal. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to know, is it a done deal? So we called Packers, Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Everybody says, oh, you have to ask somebody else. You have to somebody else. You have to somebody else. And that's what I text them. Hey, everybody says to ask somebody else. So I'm asking you, yeah. have yeah. you told the Jets that you're planning to play for them? That was my text to him. Like, and, and, the, and then when he didn't respond, when he didn't respond, we were sitting in this very spot yeah. on Monday. I said, okay, I'm going to call him. Uh. I called him. He sent it right to voicemail. That's when I got the text back. <laughs> Look, it's, it's all semantics. It, the, yeah, that's my interpretation. It is smart business by Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets to be on the same page with what they want. Mm. Why wouldn't the Jets ask Aaron Rodgers who, which players he likes? They were recruiting him. This is a guy who was contemplating retirement. This is New York trying to sell themselves. And smart by New York. We saw Tom Brady share with the Tampa Bay Bucks some of the players he would like to play with as well. But again, a wish list. On my Amazon account, I have a wish list. Does that mean I buy every single thing? No. But I would like for them to come true. Yeah, of course. So that's Diana Rossini. 
Aaron Rodgers did the Aaron Rodgers thing today. It's what he always does. He goes on and says, well, this insider had this wrong. And this reporter had this wrong. I don't know where they got this. Right? Diana Rossini reporting that Rodgers brought a wish, wish list to the Jets. Maybe he didn't specifically write down a wish list on a piece of paper and give it to them, but they discussed, right? That's close enough to the same thing. I'm not going to drag Diane Rossini over that. The Schefter thing is funny. Schefter makes a lot of money. He is very famous. He gets to be on TV. Everyone knows who he is. He gets to go to games and be connected with cool things and cool people. I'm not going to lose sleep over Adam Schefter taking a, a public L, and I'm certainly not going to go to bat for Adam Schefter here and defend him. I, I will say... Like, I don't think Adam Schefter did anything wrong. He texted Rodgers. He said, look, we're trying to report on this, and everyone is directing us somewhere else, so I'm coming to you directly. Like, you tell me what's going on, and I'll report it. And Rodgers told him to kick rocks, which is well within his right, but then Rodgers also can't get mad when things are reported inaccurately. Like, you were asked directly, so don't get mad when people report things that you didn't say. They asked you. You didn't say anything. So, again, I'm not going to defend Schefter because – he can he can he can take an L. He can take one on the chin every once in a while. I'm fine with it. But if Rogers is complaining that no one's in my inner circle, no one has anything right. Well, when someone reaches out to you, in the interest of accurate reporting, right, and accurate journalism, well then, you know, if if you shut him down and you tell him no, don't get mad. That's all I'm saying. The one thing that seriously came from the McAfee interview today. You know, we could talk about Schefter, that was funny, and he brought up Brett Good, and that was kind of funny, and, like, all of these little things, just Rodgers being Rodgers. The one legit serious takeaway that I had, thinking about the last couple of years and how they've gone, thinking about what his future with the Jets might look like, the one serious thing that I've been chewing on today, I wonder if Rodgers is all in on winning a championship anymore. 100% in, all in. Are you going to do whatever it takes? Or is Rodgers about love of the game, camaraderie, being out there with his teammates, vibes in the locker room. He loves the relationships he gets from the game. I have no doubt that Aaron Rodgers is competitive as anybody else on Sundays. At the 60 minutes they're on the field. I I don't doubt that he's a killer. 100%. I've watched him too long. I've seen too many things to, to think otherwise. Totally. But in April, May, June, training camp, OTAs, right? Are you coming in early? Are you staying late? Because Mahomes is. Burrow is. Brady did. Oh, Brady. That's that's what Brady did best of all. Matthew Stafford did that. I don't even like Matthew Stafford. And you know this. If you listen to the show, I, I don't think he's that good. But him and Cooper Cup, in the one year, the first year they had together, the Rams' best chance to win a title is now they're already stripping it down, Right? They came in early. They stayed late. They poured over film. They really microwaved and and, and speeded up that process of building a rapport and, and building a nice connection. And it paid dividends in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl when they needed a drive to win a game, when they needed a score in a close playoff game. It was Cooper Cup and it was Matthew Stafford. And that was a product of all that extra work they put in. I don't doubt that Rodgers is competitive and wants to win a title. I wonder if that desire and that competitiveness shows up in the offseason and in the offseason program and in training camp. I think part of the way that I read this, and I could be wrong, right? I read it as Rodgers loves playing football. He loves being in the locker room with his guys. He loves competing on Sundays. And he's going to give it his darndest, like hopefully get in the playoffs, hopefully win a title. But if not, like it's about the journey, I think, for Rodgers right now as much as it is 
uh, about really dialing in, locking in, and obsessing and doing everything possible to to maybe give himself and his team the best chance at a championship. That's why I read this. That's why I read this. There's been a lot of smelling the flowers the last couple of weeks and last couple of years. Maybe, maybe that's the way to put it, right? Every other week, it's like, well, this might be the last time I ever play at Soldier Field. Might be the last time I ever put this jersey on. Might be. The, it's like, man, quit smelling the roses. We need to beat the Lions, you know? Like, I, I want you to enjoy the, the back nine of your career, and I want you to soak it all in and enjoy these moments with your teammates. But there are games going on, man. You know what I mean? Like, we got swept by the Lions this year. We lost to the Niners in a playoff game. And I can say we, by the way. I'm an owner. That's why I can say we. Let me clarify. We lost to the Niners in a game at home where the defense gave up six points. I get camaraderie's good, and you want your guys. You like Alan Lazard and Bakhtiari, Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tunyon, Randall Cobb. I, I get it. But I, I wonder if too much of the game of football now for Aaron Rodgers is about friendships and memories and savoring you know everything the game has given i mean listen to his press conferences i'm really not trying to be critical of rogers i I don't hate him for this it sounds like rogers is very balanced he's very happy he's very at peace with the way that his career is wrapping up and i love that for him but the packers are trying to get back to a super bowl here and the jets are going to give up some nice capital and completely change the trajectory of their franchise to bring him in And I wonder if he's going to go all out to reward the Packers or to reward the Jets, right, if and when he ends up there. Maybe that was the Packers' problem over the last calendar year, right? I I keep bringing up that Mike Silver report. The Packers felt like Rodgers checked out a little bit once he got that contract. I don't know what that means. I brought it up to Mike Clemens yesterday, and Mike Clemens, he he didn't push back on Mike Clemens. All due respect to Mike Clemens and his sourcing and his work. But Mike Clemens really couldn't really couldn't add to that. He really couldn't back that up. Maybe the Packers are just observing. Maybe they're just watching and listening and hearing the things that we hear and see the things that we see. Right? Every offseason, it's, well, it might be it. It's like, well, man, we need you. When the offseason starts, we need you focused on the next season. Because ideally, if one season we come up short, then the next season we go farther. Right? We don't want to start from ground zero at the beginning of, of every offseason. That kind of seems like... That's what the Packers have been doing. I got a text yesterday, and I read it when I got in, and I want to try to find it because it was so good. Shoot, 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 shoot. By the way, you can text the show, 608-796-2558. Oh, bummer. Was it Six Foot Steve? Uh, yeah, here, here it is. This is from Six Foot Steve last night at 530. This is a really good text, Steve. He says, I think the Packers expected to avoid the charade when they signed him that contract is what Steve is saying. They expected him to not carry on like this and waffle about how he might retire. They didn't get it, so they are moving on. Yeah, I think that's part of it. It's like, man, we gave you this contract. We don't want every other press conference to be about, this might be the last time I suit him up. Soldier Field might be the last time. Might be the last time I play at Lambeau. Might be the last time me and Randall Cobb ever play a game together. Might be the last. Like, every press conference is so reflective. It's big picture. It's like, man, I I know you love the game of football, and it's given you so much in life, and there was one time that professor at Cal that said you couldn't do it, and I totally, man, I I get it. You got the world in the palm of your hand, but we can't beat the Lions, right? Forget about 
taking one last lap around the field with your buddy Randall Cobb and soaking it all in. And, and let's just put the reflection and, and the reminiscing on pause for a second. And let's try to win a football game. Let's try to beat the Niners at home in the playoffs in a really winnable game. You get what I'm saying? I'm not trying to nitpick on Rodgers. I, I don't think that this is a bad thing, personally. I don't think Rodgers is a bad guy. I, I just, I think actually he's probably very mentally healthy. He's probably has a much better work-life balance than someone like Tom Brady, who's obsessed, right? Like, I, I don't know that being obsessed is healthy. I don't know if that's what's best for you, and I think that's a little bit what Rodgers is chasing. He wants to feel at peace with things. He wants to get a break in the offseason. He wants to be away from the game and recharge, and I, and I get that. But I don't think the Packers do. I don't think that's what they want. And if you want to win titles and compete in multiple Super Bowls and go on lots of playoff runs, I, I think you need to be a little obsessed. I think you need to be a little insane. And I, I don't think Rodgers is, which is great for him, not good for the Packers, which is maybe why they're looking to move on. 608-796-2558. Thank you, Six Foot Steve, for that text. I'm sorry it took me an entire day to get to it, but I read it earlier and thought it was really good. I'm glad I was able to find it and dig it back up. You can text the show. You can join the stream yard. I tweeted out the link at Wisco Grant. We'll come back. We'll put a pin in the Rogers talk. So we'll wrap it up. If you have any closing thoughts on Rogers, uh, we'll do a couple of minutes when we come back. And then I'd like to move on. I want to talk about the Bucks game last night. I was at Talking Stick Arena, some observations and some additions to our Bucks conversation that we had last night. A couple of really good data points talking about how this team is wired and how their, you know, their disposition, just the way that they are. Got a couple of really great examples last night. I want to share that with you. I want to talk about my experience at uh, not Talking Stick Arena. That's what it used to be. It is the Footprint Center now. And then we will close the show. A uh, conversation I had with Brewers, uh, new Brewer, I should say, Gus Varland, who's set to pitch tonight if there is a game. He's from the Twin Cities, pitched in the Northwoods League. Uh, just an awesome guy who gave us some some awesome conversation. So we'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show with that. We'll be back in three minutes. We're broadcasting live American Family Fields of Phoenix. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you listening and being part of the show this week. It's been a blast. American Family Field has kind of become my office this week, which is pretty dope. Hanging out here in Phoenix, watching the grounds crew right now. Brandon Woodruff was out there getting some work in. Freddie Peralta, Matt Bush as well. All those guys were slated to throw tonight against the Diamondbacks, but there's a little uncertainty as to whether or not tonight's game will happen. We don't really know with the weather. So I think they wanted to for sure keep them on track get some work in. I wasn't able to talk to counsel today uh, because he spoke with the media, I think within the last hour, I think at 3.30 or, or so, which in Wisconsin is 5.30, so naturally I could be doing the show. Otherwise, you know I would have pressed counsel. I would have said, hey, Woodruff's out there pitching. How, are you keeping him on schedule? If there's no game tonight, what's the plan to keep him? You know, hard-hitting, hard-hitting journalism questions. But I, alas, I had, I had to be up here. I'm hoping to get in tomorrow. I don't know when the clubhouse is. Uh, I'm hoping to get a little bit more time with counsel. I spoke with Gus Barland today, who is a newer addition to the Brewers this offseason, and I didn't know much about him. I, I knew two things. I knew he was a pitcher, and I knew he's from the Twin Cities, and he played in the Northwoods League, and he was all by his lonesome in the locker room, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to go talk to that guy. Let's talk about the Twin Cities. Let's talk about the Midwest, the, the Northwoods League, his experience so far with the Brewers. He's set to throw tonight if there is a game. 
So we'll hear that conversation. Just a couple quick minutes. We'll wrap up the show with that in about a half hour or so, 20 minutes. You can join the show in our online chat room. It is very cutting-edge 21st century stuff. Uh, I tweeted out the link to the chat room. It's called StreamYard, at Wisco Grant on Twitter. And you know what? I'm going to go retweet it again right now so it comes up even higher on everybody's timeline. Retweet. Boom. It's just a link. Uh, the logo is a little duck with a headset on. Just click it. It'll throw you in the chat room. Easy peasy. You can also text the show, 608-796-2558. Mike in Colorado texts in. says, Grant, do you think Aaron Rodgers' comment about moving off him being the best franchise player in Packers history is putting some doubt out there about Jordan Love? Uh, no. That's not how I read it. No. I, I don't think anybody's doubting Jordan Love. I think, if anything, we've probably got little too far out over our skis with how good we want or, or think or expect Jordan Love to be. Like, I read Tyler Dunn's work, and I love Tyler. Tyler's been willing to come on the show anytime I hit him up and, and talk about whatever he's working on or talk about some Packers stories or, or whatever. But I read some of his Jordan Love pieces, and I'm like, man, <laughs> little little fan fiction-y. I need to see it. I need to see it for more than, than a quarter. I need to see it in a, in a month. I need to see him be a, a starting quarterback of an NFL team before some of these comparisons start to hit. Because, like, he's he's written pieces and, and talked to Jordan Love's people, his quarterback coach, and people he worked with in college. And there's comments like, I, I don't I don't want to compare him to Patrick Mahomes because I feel like that puts a ceiling on him. And I'm like, holy balls, guys. Like, this is... <laughs> This is kind of gross. Like, you know, when the when the draft is happening, and I get this, especially in the NBA draft, when people are doing comps, and it's like, oh, this player out of Arizona, he, he, he could be a top 10 pick. He's like a mix of Giannis and and Trey Young. It's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You can't just say that. You can't just casually say that. I'm not going to let you get away with it. That's just ridiculous. So when I read pieces about Jordan Love, it's like, well, he's a little Mahomes, and he's a little Josh Allen, and he's a little, okay, let's, Let's calm down. So I don't think, to get back to your text, Mike, I don't think there's a lot of doubt on Jordan Love. I think most people are very hopeful and excited to see what he has. I don't think people are throwing shade at Jordan Love. I think what Aaron Rodgers was saying is that it's difficult for the Packers to move off of Rodgers, even if his contract is tough and even if his play is declined, even if he's 39, 40 years old. It's hard for them to move off of him because you just don't move off of a guy like Aaron Rodgers. The Saints don't move off of Drew Brees, right? That just doesn't happen. It's, it's very rare that a franchise deliberately moves on from a player that's the best player in franchise history. And if Rodgers isn't the best Packer of all time, and we could have that debate, we've been having it kind of in the tweets and in the texts. If Rodgers is the best player of all time, he, he's close, he's with Favre, Reggie White, Bart Starr, Don Hudson, Forrest Gregg, all these guys, of course. And I'm not a Packers historian, so I'm not the, the best guy to talk about this. But if Rodgers is the best player in franchise history, he's up there with all those other guys. Franchises just don't move off of players like that. So I think when Rodgers said today, yeah, I, I might be the best player in franchise history, I think that was his way of saying, it must be really hard for the Packers to move off me, and they're doing it anyways. I'm going to try to find, because I know that Mike Clemens sent me the clip, Mike. I'm talking to Mike in Colorado about Mike Clemens. There's a lot of Mikes going on here. Mike Clemens sent me the audio today. I'm going to try to find uh, his comment about best player of all time. Let's see. I'm scrolling. See if it jumps out to me. Sorry to make you wait like this. Um, he wanted transparency. The end, he wanted to be a Packer. Part three of three. Oh, man. There's so much audio. This is such a long conversation. <laughs> 
and I'm digging through it on live radio. Now I feel like I gotta play a cut because we've dug in here, even if it's not the I might be the best player in in franchise history. Let me scroll one more time. Pretty hands off. What he's done, he's okay with it. Mark Murphy's message to the public isn't surprising, but it was disappointing. The process could have been handled better. Let's let's listen to that one. Cut number 11 from Mike Clemens. This is inside baseball right here. Aaron Rodgers, 11. You should be able to hear this. Let's take a listen. We want to be about family. We want to be about love and taking care of our people. Like, let's put our actions where our words at. Because it's really important to me. That part is important. Now I'm the person. And, and look, I'm not offended by any of this. I'm not a victim by any of this. I don't have that mentality. Nothing but love and appreciation. It's been bittersweet. Nothing but love and affection. Nothing but love and appreciation. Nothing but love and affinity. Endless affinity. It's always a word salad. <laughs> it's always a word salad with Rodgers. Yeah, at one point he did say I, I might be the best player in franchise history. My, my head definitely spun around when he said that. I was kind of packing my stuff up, getting ready to come to the ballpark, and I heard that and I said, oh, boy, there's going to be some reaction to that, right? The older Packers fans are going to be mad that Bart Starr's name uh, is invoked even indirectly in a conversation like this. Right? I knew that was going to push some buttons we listened to adam schefter's response for uh for getting texted and shut down by aaron Rodgers. that was pretty funny i really enjoyed that because like adam schefter like it's not like i hate adam schefter it's just funny kind of seeing him take an l every once in a while and he was self-deprecating today he tweeted it out got a good laugh hunter tweets in he says remember aaron Rodgers sucked and seemed lost his first season especially after the first half of the season. Look, 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 look. Before I get to bullet point number two and three, was Aaron Rodgers really that terrible as a rookie? They went eight and eight that year, didn't they? We need to really hone in our expectations and our reality with Packers quarterbacks because Jordan Love is going to take over for this team, and I just don't think this fan base is ready to deal with that. We think we are, but if they start their season one and three, People are going to be calling for heads. And I'm telling you right now, we can't do that. We, we cannot do that. We need to have expectations and hopes for next season that could be satisfied. We, we need goals next year that aren't hinging on winning the division. Right? Rodgers and the Jets are probably going to have a better record than the Packers next year. That's okay. So I'm telling you right now, we can't start saying that Jordan Love is garbage and Matt LaFleur is a hack and Brian Gutekinds is a moron. The Packers are probably going to go about 500 next year. If things fall their way, they'll have a softer schedule, maybe a little bit better. If things go the other way, maybe they deal with injuries, maybe they're a little worse than 500. We need to deal with that reality without losing our minds. So, Hunter, I'm going to read the rest of your tweet now. Number one, remember, Aaron Rodgers sucked and seemed lost his first season, especially the first half of the season. Two, Packers owners, can we please have a little patience with Jordan next year? Yep, amen. And three, he sat behind Aaron like Aaron sat behind Brett. You're totally correct. Yes. Yes to all of that. Thank you for the tweet, Hunter. At Wisco Grant on Twitter. You can join the StreamYard. The link is up there. I'm going to make sure no one's waiting in there before we take this next break. Nope, we're good. I don't want to leave anyone hanging. You can text the show as well. Let's talk Bucks when we come back. I was at the Footprint Center last night for Bucks Sons. Just so many good things to say about the Bucks. That's nothing new. This team just continues to impress me, and I keep finding different bullet points to say, hey, here's another reason why the Bucks are great. Here's another reason why they're killer. Here's another reason why they might be the best team in basketball. 
and I'm hard-pressed to pick anyone else to win the title right now. So let's do that. Coming back, we'll talk Bucks. It's the Wisco Sports Show broadcasting live from American Family Fields of Phoenix. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show live at Brewer Spring Training. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. I love them. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having an awesome night. We're going to hear from Brewers pitcher Gus Varland. If you're like, who's that? Hey, he just got here. He just got here. He's young. He went to college at Concordia, played around in summer ball, played in the Northwoods League, and is getting some run now with the Brewers. He's set to pitch tonight if the game happens. It's been rainy in Phoenix today, although it's been dry now for a while, so maybe the outlook is pretty good. They're slated to face the Diamondbacks. Now, Woody and Peralta and Matt Bush were slated to go, but they got him work out on the field just in, like, a simulated session about an hour or so ago, just in case tonight's game is getting canceled. Uh, but on the off chance they play tonight, we're going to see Gus Varlin. And I talked to them about the Twin Cities and his path to the Brewers, and selfishly, I just wanted to talk about the Northwoods League. So we'll get to that conversation a little bit. I want to talk Bucks. I was at the Footprint Center last night, so if you want to talk Bucks. Uh, and just talk about this tear that they're on. West Coast trip really didn't slow them down. They came within a bounce of the ball from beating the Warriors on Saturday. Imagine that. They would have won at the Chase Center, then at the Golden One Center against the Kings on Monday, and then the next night, last night at the Footprint Center, beating the Suns without Chris Middleton. A pretty impressive stretch. So if you want to talk about the Bucks with me, join the StreamYard. I tweeted the link at Wisco Grant, and you can text the show 608-796-2558. That works really well, too. Uh, and I'm doing my best to read texts. Sometimes I lack a little bit when we're in the studio because uh, I'm too busy fielding phone calls from Dave and Monona and the like. But this week I'm being better. Uh, this text says, let's turn the page. Can you find the Beatles? All you need is love. <laughs> uh, when the trade is official, maybe we'll do that. How does that sound? Bucks won last night in Phoenix, 116-104. This game was awesome. It was fun to be there. Uh, I met up with Joel, who's from Altoona. He runs Arizona Baseball Tours, and he had a lot of couples down there. It was a big group, uh, folks from Appleton and from Eau Claire and from Milwaukee, uh, and they basically let me just join them. And we had courtside passes right away, so we got there about two hours before tip, and we got to go down. Uh, one of the members of our group, it was her birthday, so Giannis came up and took a picture. It wasn't my birthday, but I selfishly got to stand right there and be really close to Giannis and get a cool picture. So whose birthday was it really? My birthday was just a couple weeks ago, so maybe it could be like a late birthday present for me. It doesn't need to be your birthday. You just need to be with someone who's having a birthday at shoot-around. If you're down by the court, works out pretty well. Make sure they bring a sign, too. Pro tip from, <laughs> pro tip from me. Bucks won, and it was great. The Bucks got out to a big lead their largest lead and let me look it up i want to say it was around 15 do i remember correctly it was 16 oh darn so at one point they led by 16 and this is something we talked about yesterday when a team has a large lead and then 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 they blow the lead right and at one point the suns took a lead uh late in the third quarter early in the fourth quarter so this game fits the parameters we were talking about yesterday do you remember i said all, all of all the the instances this year in the league where a team has an 11-point lead or more, 
so a double-digit lead that they blow, right? What is their record in those games? The Bucks have the best record in the association in those games, which tells me the Bucks are mentally strong, they're resilient, they can absorb a punch, right? They can be knocked onto their heels, heels a little bit and then recover and be just fine. We saw that against the Kings the other night. We saw that against the Nets, even when Giannis wasn't playing last week. That was such a fun game to watch. Bucks had a big lead, and then that lead melted away in the third quarter. And then in the fourth, what did they do? Coach Bud cooked up some awesome out-of-timeout plays. Brooke Lopez was unbelievable. Bobby Portis was a great matchup hunter in some of the undersized defenders like Watt Nobby, Every time he was out there, just hunted him. So when the Bucks had a big lead and then blew it, instead of panicking, freaking out, I actually think they executed some of their best basketball after that lead was blown late in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter to close the game out. It was the same thing with the Kings game the other night and last night. All right, Bucks got out to a big lead, and then in the third quarter, campaign got hot. Devin Booker got really hot. Like, guys were just hitting shots, and the Bucks were not. The role players for the Bucks last night did not shoot well from three. Joe Ingles hit one late. Jay Crowder hit one late. But for majority of the game, it was Giannis and Brooke Lopez. And that was about it. Like, Pat Connaughton's not really a threat to hit threes. He had one that turned into a four-point play, but nothing consistent. So the Bucks got out to this nice lead, and then the third, the Suns reeled them back in. Crowd got back into it, right? I think the energy was back. That helps the role players, right? So there were, were players on the roster like Ish Wainwright, all of a sudden is, is playing with a little life and with a little energy because they're in front of the home crowd, and and the juice in the building is is really, really good. Uh, Jock Landell, who the Bucks just refused to cover. He ended up with 12 points. Like, some of these role players really got hot. Campaign in the third. The third was his. Right, so now all the Bucks, all of a sudden they had a great lead. They blew the lead. And now they have to try to, you know, win the game anyways. That's really hard to do, but the Bucks do such a great job with that. And that's something we talked about yesterday. Best record in the league in instances where they were down double digits or up double digits, and then they blew that lead. Another thing, another thing that we talked about yesterday, do you remember? It's not a Wisco Sports Show if I don't talk about uh, whiny players, whiny teams, right? The Bucks feast on whiny players and whiny teams. And in the third quarter last night, I'm watching Devin Booker cook. I'm watching the Suns offense come alive. And you know what I'm also seeing? I was up in the second level. I could see it clear as day. I can see Devin Booker yelling at the ref because after he made a bucket, he didn't get the and one. Turns to the ref, he gets teed up. Right, Chris Paul, wine, 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 bitch, 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 peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots. The whole second half, it was so annoying to watch. And even when the Suns were cooking and the game was going their way, they're finding a way to complain and get in their own heads. And then after the game, because this is a new theme in the NBA, right? You play the Bucks, and then what do you do? You go to the post-game press conference to complain. This is Monty Williams, the Suns coach. He's got three free throws, and Drew Holiday is one of the most physical defenders in the game. He got, he has three. Giannis has 24 free throws. It's ridiculous. There's no other way to put it. It's just our guys are fight. DA can't play. You know, when a guy just runs into you the whole game, it's like we've dealt with this so many times um, with this team. And credit to him, he, he saw the way the game was being called. He kept doing it. But that's hard to swallow when one guy had, and this has happened a number of times when we played them. And so for me, it's like it's hard to tell our guys to keep their level of poise because that's frustrating well they lose their level of poise very quickly very easily this is what i'm talking about monty williams he explicitly brings it up 
He's like, yeah, guys, what could I tell them? Of course they're going to get frustrated. Of course they're going to lose poise. No, they're going to lose their poise because that's like 75% of teams in the NBA. It's like things don't go their way, and they start to freak out. They start to lose their mind. Or even in situations where things are going the Suns' way, in the third quarter they were red hot, Devin Booker gets teed up off a made basket. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Your team has all the juice, have all the energy. You're going to stop the action, let Drew Holiday get a point back, let the Bucks regroup a little bit? What are you doing? Also, uh, I'm just going to rip off Justin Garcia directly. He quote tweeted what Monty Williams had to say. Justin is the best. Uh, and tweets like this are reasons why. He said the Bucks were in the bonus midway through the fourth where Giannis took 10 of his free throws. So the total number of Giannis' free throws, he took 24. He took 10 of them late in the fourth because the Bucks were in the bonus. Suns are playing from behind, so they got a foul. Who are they going to foul? They're going to foul Giannis because Giannis is not uh, the most consistent free throw shooter, although he was okay last night. What did he finish? He had a couple of trips in the first half that were a little clunky. He was 14-24. to I guess he wasn't that great. I guess he wasn't that great. A little bit better than 50%. I guess that tracks. So Giannis took a lot of those free throws in the fourth quarter. So I'm not saying they're garbage time, but I don't know. Don't be trailing in the fourth quarter. Don't be in a position where you need to foul. This is the next stat, Justin tweets. Booker has five or fewer free throw attempts in 12 of 42 games this year. And his SLFD percentage, I wonder what that stands for. Let's learn something together, is 12.2%. So I'm going to Google SLFD percentage basketball I wonder what that means uh the foul drawing table oh cleaning the glass justin you're pulling out a you're pulling out a cleaning glass shooting fouled percentage measures how often a player draws fouls on their shot attempts oh okay well you can tell this with the eye test devin booker is a player who rises up shoots over somebody shoots a fadeaway takes difficult jumpers devin booker doesn't lean into contact a lot If he's fouled on a shot, it's a lot of times because he baits someone into him or someone leaves their feet. Devin Booker is not taking it to the hole. And now that I know what shooting fouled, what is this? Shooting fouled percentage. Well, that's misleading. Why do we need four letters for that? It's only three words. Shooting foul percentage for for Booker is only 12%. So he doesn't take a lot of free throws anyways. Also, Drew Holiday is... (laughs) It's so, dude, it's so fun watching Drew Holiday defend Devin Booker. It's unbelievable. I don't know if it was Ben Golliver tweeted this last night. Some NBA person I follow. Let me see if I can find it. Um, I'm scrolling. I know I liked it. Al Lazard's in there. I can't find it. Oh, it's Dan Devine at Yahoo. Used to be at the Ringer. He tweeted, I know that Drew was built in a lab to guard everybody, but, man, he was really built in a lab to guard book. Yes. He owns Devin Booker. He's just long enough where Devin Booker can't shoot over him with ease. He can shoot over him, and, and he'll get tough shots to go over taller defenders. But Drew Holiday's just tall enough to where he's difficult to shoot over. He's just fast enough where he's hard to get around, and he's just thick enough where you can't really move him. And Drew Holiday shot really poor tonight, and it was frustrating. But he's working really hard on the defensive end. And, like, I got a really good sight line on him I don't know if it was in the second quarter, the third quarter. It was in the middle of the game. And Drew Holiday was on the wing with the ball, and he was just breaking down his defender and driving towards the block. And my angle was such that I got a really good view of him starting and stopping, slowing up, speeding down. It was like a sports car changing gears, just trying to shake this defender off of him. And the ease with which he went from fast to slow, slow to fast, shifting back and forth and up and down i was like holy smokes and i was we were not 
courtside, sitting courtside by any means, and it jumped off of the court for me, even from where we were sitting. It was it was really cool. And thanks again to Joel from Arizona Baseball Tours for making that happen. That was a really cool game. And I got to go for free last night. Thank you, Joel. Really cool to be down around the court. And because I was there for an hour and a half, I was like, well, I got to get something to drink. And the bartender was from Wisconsin. He's like, yeah, my parents live in Hickston, which is between La Crosse and Black River Falls. Small world. A lot of Wisconsin fans down here. Uh, a lot of Wisconsin people down here, just because that's what Wisconsin people do. They come to Arizona. But with the Brewers in town and with it being March, like just a lot of Bucks fans in the arena last night. It was a fun back and forth and a really fun game. And, of course, it helps that the Bucks win. Really fun to watch Giannis. Really fun to watch Drew Holiday just put Devin Booker in jail. You could make the new NBA logo Devin Booker being defended by Drew Holiday, and it would work. It would be a great logo. 608-796-2558. Send me a text. You can also find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. We're going to wrap up with a conversation I had with Gus Varland, Brewers pitcher who's from the Twin Cities, and he's trying to make the roster this year. He's pitching tonight against the Diamondbacks. We'll hear that conversation and wrap up the Wisco Sports Show live from American Family Fields of Phoenix. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. We'll be back in three minutes. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show live at Brewer Spring Training. Thanks to Flipside Pub and Grill and Lacrosse Beer House. show my name is grant bills tonight's show's been really fun i was bummed that i had to dip out of brewers clubhouse just a little bit early didn't get to ask craig council any hard-hitting questions today really would have loved to press him you know get in there get in his face big hard-hitting journalistic stuff no dice so hopefully get back in there tomorrow i did talk to a brewers player who is a big nba fan i'm gonna play that audio might get in the NBA lounge tomorrow. Who knows? Talk a little bit more about the Bucks. Talk about what's going on around the league. And an interesting pivot. Dare I bring up the MVP conversation on the show? I might. But I talked to a Brewers player today, big into basketball, and he's a fan of a team that's a rival of the Bucks, not the Celtics. I wouldn't allow that on the show. But a different rival. So we'll hear from that Brewers player tomorrow to start the show. To close the show tonight, I want to play a fun little conversation I had uh, with a relatively newer brewer, Gus Varland, who it's his first offseason, it's his first season with the club. He went to Concordia St. Paul. He's pitched around the Midwest in the Northwoods League, been around. So I just chopped it up with him for a couple minutes, and selfishly I wanted to ask him about the Northwoods League. Do you remember playing in Copeland Park? You know, all of the things that I selfishly wanted to ask. So here's my conversation with pitcher Gus Varland, who, by the way... I'm going to pause that. I was going to say this is going to cut me off. Who, by the way, is scheduled to pitch tonight if the Brewers game isn't rained out. It's looking like it might be. But if it's not, here's a little, a little pregame, a little primer to a pitcher that you might see or hear if you watch or listen to the Brewer game tonight. All right. We're here with Gus Varland. Just arrived with the Brewers, coming in through the ranks. But I know you're from the Twin Cities. Yeah. Can I ask you about that first? So you went to Concordia. 
Where did you play summer ball? Did you play in the Northwoods League? Because I watched a lot of Northwoods League. Yeah, so I started out after my freshman year. I had a decent freshman year at uh, college. Showed some good stuff, but got hit around a little bit. So I went to Utica, New York um, for the last, like, two months of their season in the PGCBL. Yeah. Which is, like, a good starter league, I think. I got some good experience, and it was really fun. And then after that, Northwoods League after my sophomore year. Yeah. And that was the, one of the best summers of my life because I was pretty close to home, only, yeah. like, two hours, living with a college buddy because he lived in Wilmer and let me stay with him yeah. for that team. I was pitching well, and the guys were great, and that whole experience was just unreal. Yeah, so I'm from around Eau Claire, so we go to Express oh, Games yeah. going up, but I live in La Crosse. I went to school there, so we go to a lot of loggers games. Yeah, did you ever have any fun experiences, Copeland Park, coming down to play for the loggers? Uh, yeah, yeah. We only went there one time, um, but it was really fun. That park is really cool because they did the new scoreboard. They got the turf. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And I, I heard stories about the past where it was not that good, so it was really cool to see the renovations and whatnot. Yeah. And I don't remember the series too much, um, but, yeah, it was, I think it was really fun. I like I like going to Northwoods League games. I remember me and a lot of friends in 2020, everything was shut down. Yeah bars right we didn't do anything we just went to northwoods league games so we hung out outside and we watched baseball summer it was great so you just got here with the brewers i've talked to i talked to ethan the other day talked to wade miley who's been here now twice about the way the brewers kind of bring up their pitchers it can be kind of an up and down experience you get switched around in different roles so what have you seen so far what have you heard and and what do you make of how the brewers kind of bring pitchers up through their system so far uh, so far, I haven't heard too much. Um, I saw there was some rumors going around about Ethan coming out of the pen, and it's kind of like wherever they feel your value is at that moment, they're going to put you there. Yeah. Like, we got a great starting pitching staff, so, like, and him being a starter, it's going to be tough to crack that rotation. So, like, hey, we'll try him out in, in relief maybe this season. So I heard that, and I thought that was cool, that people aren't really stuck in one role. Yeah. Like, they can move around wherever they're needed. Yeah. And I think that opens up a lot of opportunities for guys that may not get that typically. Yeah, I like that. And I've heard that from other guys, too, just getting a chance to compete and pitch in any role is, is really helpful for guys. Last thing, is there anyone on the team that you've really kind of connected with, you found yourself talking to or learning from about the Brewers or just about baseball? Yeah, yeah, Matt Bush here. Uh, yeah. Bushy's my throwing partner, and he's been teaching me the ropes. I'm being a rookie and coming up through, and, oh, yeah. yeah, he's been awesome. Thanks, Gus. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Oh, yeah. We're a Gus Varlin show. We also, uh, through the transit property now, are a Matt Bush show. So we're adding to our list of friends of show. That makes Wade Miley, Ethan Small, Craig Council by default. He spoke to a bunch of media members. I just happened to be there, but I'm going to count it. And then Gus Varlin today. I talked to another Brewers pitcher, like I said, who we'll hear from tomorrow. I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even ask him about baseball. I, I heard that he was a big basketball fan, big NBA fan. So I just asked him about that, and I'm going to play that uh, as part of the NBA Lounge tomorrow. That should be a good time. He's a fan of a team uh, that is a rival of the Bucks, not the Celtics. Again, because I wouldn't allow that. A- another rival in the Eastern Conference. So we'll hear that conversation tomorrow. Brewers tonight are supposed to play the Diamondbacks. I wanted to go to that game, and we had plans to go to that game. It looks like it might get rained out. And also, between you and me, I'm kind of pooped. I've been to a couple of baseball games. I've been working. I went to the Bucks game last night. I'm tired, so I might just lay low tonight, watch the Brewers on TV if they play like everyone else, uh, and we'll hit it hard again tomorrow. I want to get some more Brewers audio. Today was going to be really Aaron Rodgers-centric because he came on the McAfee show and and gave us kind of a, a peek inside what's been going on. So today was going to be Roger-centric. My hope is that tomorrow can get in the clubhouse more, get some audio, and do some more Brewer stuff, because that's the point of this week. But, you know, overall, it's just been such a blast to talk about the Bucks, to talk about Rodgers, and to get a little taste of the Brewers as well. And, and all thanks to our sponsors, Flipside Pub and Grill, Lacrosse Beer House, 
If you're in lacrosse, you listen on K2I, please go support those places. And if you don't, just keep those places in mind. Next time you're in lacrosse for whatever reason, and there's lots of good reasons to come to lacrosse. If you have a, a, a relative that goes to school there, a niece and nephew, who knows, somebody going to school at UWL or Viterbo or Western, when you go visit, take them out for a beer. Take them to Flipside. Take them to lacrosse beer house. Uh, one is downtown. One is on the, on the north side. Uh, both great places to go. So thank you for supporting those places because they support the show and they've given us a, a really cool opportunity to be out here this week and broadcast from a cool place and uh, make some friends, friends of show, who hopefully we can call back on. And I'm hoping to get Sophia Menner by the end of the week, some more Brewers audio. I'm scheming. I'm trying. I'm out here grinding, networking. Tomorrow we'll have the NBA Lounge. We'll talk more Brewers, probably a little bit less Rodgers, unless we get a new story. Who knows? Whoever knows with Aaron Rodgers. Appreciate you listening. Podcasts are up for the last two nights. I'll put the podcast up for tonight in short order in case you missed anything. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4. Let me slip away on you. Every highway. You seem better day.